Student Ministries at Bridgeway Church. Um, we're super excited that everybody's here today, though. One of the things that you may also not know is that something that we started at the beginning of this year is that all of our ministries are united in what we're teaching our family. So the youth and the kids and the adults have all been in a Holy Spirit series, which is incredible. It's so cool. I love it. And we have been spending time celebrating that Holy Spirit is like a musical conductor. Maybe some of you have heard about that. And that he is bringing heaven to earth. And he loves to use us as his power source of how he brings heaven to earth. We've been celebrating that Holy Spirit is with everyone all the time. Our God is the only God that can be with all his people all at one time. I often say, it's as if I'm his only child. I get all the benefits of being an only child and the benefits of being in a huge family. It's amazing. He's so good. And then last week, we talked about how Holy Spirit illuminates. And we've been talking to the kids about the significance of Holy Spirit because Jesus didn't just come so one day we could go to heaven. Jesus came so that we could bring heaven to earth now, so that we could experience abundant, eternal life. And so when Jesus went, one of the um, things that we do every week is celebrate our memory verse for the month. And we've been celebrating that Jesus says, it is better that I go, for if I go, the great counselor can come to you. And that is such a significant moment. That Jesus could have died on the cross and paid the, paid the price for sin and said, good luck, hope that works out for you. I've done, I've done my part, do your part. But he didn't just leave us there. He said, I've done my part and even greater, I will give you the Holy Spirit who will come and live in you. So that moment of salvation, when we receive Jesus as our savior, we've been talking a lot about the fact that in that same moment, we receive Holy Spirit. He's in us. But I want to take it a step further. Because, you know, today we celebrated baptism in the water. But every single one of those people that got baptized today, they have a choice. They could leave here and just fall right back into old habits. Being baptized in the water, confessing Jesus as your Savior, it's a guarantee to the degree in which you step into it. And so there's more. We do receive the Holy Spirit. He comes and lives in us at salvation. But I believe that we have a choice to experience and walk in even more. Let's look at a scripture in Acts together to see what this looked like for the disciples. Acts 13, 52 says, And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. To be continually filled means that they must be kind of going out. There's like a flow. It doesn't say they, were, they remained full. It says they were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is what God has for us. All of the students that hang out with me every week in here, you know I love a good story. So I want to tell you the story about what, what happened right before this. We've talked about Paul, who used to be Saul. I love that that rhymes. And Paul, who used to be Saul, has this massive encounter with Jesus. And he converts. He was going around killing Jews. I mean, killing Christians. And then he decided, oh, wow, 
They actually know what they're talking about. God is real. Jesus is real. He really did come, and he really did set me free. And so later on in the story, he joins up with a man named Barnabas. Now, I myself, when I'm reading stories in the Bible, I like to visualize what did they look like. And so I was thinking about this story this weekend, Paul and Barnabas. They're going to go out and they're going to teach people all over the area about Jesus. So what did they look like? And I decided that Paul probably looks a little bit like Bruce Wayne. That, that's to me what Paul looks like. Barnabas, I feel like if you have the name Barnabas, you're a pretty big dude. So I was thinking he's probably like Wreck-It Ralph. So we got Bruce Wayne, which I'm not going to lie to you. I had to Google this morning. What's the real name of Batman? My husband actually said, babe, don't tell people that. He actually, the very first thing he said, do you know who Bruce Wayne is? I said, yes, Google told me this morning. So we've got Bruce Wayne and Wreck-It Ralph, and they're hitting the road. They're going to tell people the the full, living, active word of God. And they go out. So this is kind of like you walk into your school. I got a message for you today. I learned yesterday at church that God is good, that he's joyful, and I got to tell my friends about it. And they walk in and they start telling people the good news. And at first, everybody's like, this is amazing. You are like, awesome. You're like, Batman. And everybody loves it. But then there's some grumpy people. You know that kid at school that's like always grumpy. You're like, come on, man. Can I get something besides grumpy? But no. He's just grumpy no matter what you do, no matter what you say, he's just grumpy. And that's what happened. The grumpy Jews were like, ugh, we're so sick of these people getting all the attention. So they started spreading rumors about Bruce Wayne and Wreck-It Ralph, Paul and Barnabas. And to the point that Paul and Barnabas got kicked out. It's like if you got expelled from school or got fired from your job. We just, we have got to get these people to quiet. And so they, they did. And so they're having to leave towns and leave where they are and go travel somewhere else because people have rejected them so much. And that's when we see this scripture, Acts 13. Oh, sorry. Let's go back to Acts real quick. That it says that they were, the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now, when I think about getting rejected, and made fun of, I don't think about joy. But you know why they had joy? See, they already had Holy Spirit. But the reason that they were able to have joy and be continually filled is because they kept choosing to live in that place of overflowing water. They didn't just say like, well, I have Holy Spirit. I hope it lasts long enough to get me through this rejection. They said, more, more. God, if you are endless and this is your spirit, then I believe your Holy Spirit is endless and I want more and more and more and more. Just continue, more, Lord, more, Lord. If there's more available, then I want it because I'm your daughter and I believe that you, you wanna give it to me. 
And so they chose not to feed on the rejection of the people around them, but to feed on the Holy Spirit in them. And so it was a choice, though, that they had to make. A choice that Paul would later write in a letter to the Ephesians. He would give them the same advice. This is years and years later when Paul's been beat up. Even Batman gets beat up sometimes. And in Ephesians, we see that he writes to them, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Because right now you're still living in a broken world. Those kids at school, they don't know Jesus. They don't know happy, so they don't know how to give happy. That boss you have at work, I don't know why you're expecting him to act like Jesus. He doesn't know Jesus. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. In other versions, in the original language, it says, be being filled. You're in hard days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have to go to the grocery store at some point. I mean, Walmart grocery pickup, thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. You just pull up and they bring it out until you get home and you're like, I forgot the bananas. You can't go back just for bananas. They won't run it out to you. You have to go in the store. And guess what? There's a lot of people in that store that don't know Jesus. At Target too, some of you. Thinking, that's okay, I shop at Target. Nope, they're there there too. I'm sorry. And so it's hard. And what we want to do is we want to sometimes just cope. We want to make it work. We want to let our feelings just go all crazy town. But we can't do that. But there's only one way. There's only one way to survive it. And, and here's the deal. We're not trying to just survive. We're trying to thrive. There's one way to thrive. Be being filled. Continually filled. Let me, let me show you what I mean. You know, if, if I'm coming up, I got to illustrate something. So this is what happens. This is me. And at salvation, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise Jesus. Mm, I taste good. Y'all want to drink some of my water, don't you? I needed that. But I still live in a broken world. And there's still, there's still hard days. So some of us, sometimes we get a little bitter. This is lemon juice. Ooh, I got a lot of, <laughs> that was an impulsive bitterness. What does that mean for students in the room? I don't want to do what that teacher says. Ugh. My boss doesn't know Jesus, so they clearly don't know what they're talking about. That's not wisdom. That's bitterness. Maybe that's not your thing. Don't worry. Maybe anger is your thing. I don't want to deal with all those emotions that I have. So instead, I'm just going to get angry. 
I'm going to shut my parents out. I'm going to ignore my husband because anger isn't loud. Sometimes anger can be quiet. So a little bit of anger, but some of you, y'all look just like water. You look so good. Straight A's, sparkly house here every Sunday. Got my Bible. Look how many highlights I got in my Bible, but mm, that's some vinegar. You stink. You stink real bad. That's self-righteousness is what we call that, boys and girls. You look a lot like Jesus, but the inside of you is stanky. Mm. Little lime juice, some envy. Maybe comparison's your thing. I should have that position at work. Oh, I'm getting real gross. Okay. There's another analogy somewhere in there, but I'm not quick enough with my cleverness to cover that. So envy. If I had that kid's mom, if I had that job, if I could speak like that, if I had that microphone, then I'd be okay. Some of you are maybe, this is my past story, ignoring it all and instead just trying to find some things that make you feel good. This is salted caramel syrup. So whether it's alcohol, whatever your, whatever your God is, maybe your God is alcohol. Maybe that's where you turn to to feel good. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's that soccer team you're on. You're the star and you're addicted to winning those victories. Because if you can just keep clinging onto that thing like syrup, you're going to be okay. Then there's just the really dark stuff. This is coffee. That's the things that go on in your home that nobody knows about. That's the things that go on in your heart that nobody knows about. And so this is who you are. Yeah, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, all right. I ain't drinking that. I'm not drinking that. So that worked out really good for you that one Sunday at church when you had a moment with Holy Spirit. But it's not going so well for you now because you stink and you taste gross. But that's okay because the point is, you don't need to figure out how to get this stuff out of you. You need to figure out how to get Holy Spirit into you. You didn't need to just be filled one time. We need to be filled every single day. We don't need to cure our bitterness. We need to hunger for the Lord. We need to ask Spirit more. I need more of you. Because the second you stop filling me, the second I stop surrendering to you, that, that bitterness and that anger and that dark stuff, it's coming right back. And I don't need to be good enough to not get it in me. I need to be weak enough to admit that I need you every second of every day. I need you to fill me and fill me and fill me. And even when I look clean, 
you better keep filling me, Lord, because I got nothing but you. This is what I'm depending on. And then you know what he does? He goes, man, this is working out good. I can trust you. Let me just pour it on you. Let me give you, whoever put warm water in here? I'm just saying right now. Let me just, you know what? I'm going to do stuff with you you could never dream of doing because you're so dependable in your weakness that I want to use you for big things because you, I know that you know that it ain't got nothing to do with you. Praise the Jesus. It worked. So don't stay like that for too long. Make sure that every single day you're waking up, every single hour, every single minute. Last fall, I started hearing that sweet song in my head. Lord, I need you. Every minute, every second, I need you. Don't ever get up from that place because you have received the Holy Spirit. But it's time that you live with the baptism in the Spirit, constantly pouring over you, overflowing. Because what was dripping on my hand was grossness. But as soon as that Spirit water started hitting me and overflowing me, it cleansed my hand. As you allow Him to overflow you, He's going to overflow onto those around you. And His power is going to be evident through you. I want to invite Chad Norris, our lead pastor, up. He wants to speak into this. I'm going to grill some wings for lunch. Jess, that was awesome. For the church in the West, a lot of the ideology of what salvation is, is the moment you say yes to Jesus. This is great. You get to spend forever and eternity, eternal security. But there's not enough conversation about what it looks like to walk with the Holy Spirit every day. And the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, it's a matter of power. Um, I want Matthew and Bethany to come up here because I want to say something as they come. You, You do not need the Holy Spirit to have a successful church in America. You know, you can be thin, wear skinny jeans and preach like Dale Carnegie and fill the seats up. But to walk in power, in miracles, in healing, in awakening with the Holy Ghost, you you need everyday relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this is one of those fun stories because when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit, basically the way that I live my life every day is what's on your mind. We were in worship three, I don't know, I'm terrible with this, Easter, of course it was, on Easter Sunday, and you were worshiping right down here, and I got a word of knowledge. And you say, what's a word of knowledge? Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me what to do. And I want you to take it from here, and let's just brag on the power of Jesus and what he did through Kimmy Bates downstairs and and what happened this morning in here. Yeah. Uh, So 
I think it was two weeks before Easter, we had gone for, I'm pregnant, yeah, (laughs) if you can't tell, Uh, we had gone for the 20-week ultrasound halfway, found out it's a boy, we're like, yay, woo, number two, and um, so the ultrasound, we find that out, we go in, expect to just meet with the doctor, and you know, she says, oh, it's another boy, congrats, we think she's going to say, everything's good, go on home. But instead, she said, we also found something on the ultrasound. And we're like, okay, this isn't good. She said, um, there's a mass on his abdomen. And, you know, you hear a mass, you're like, what's that mean? She said, it is fluid-filled, so that means it's not cancerous. But other than that, we have no idea. And she said, it's not often that I don't know. I just have no idea, but I have no idea. Uh, So I'm going to send you to a high-risk doctor for a better ultrasound, more detail, see if we can tell if it's attached to anything, what's going on. So we had to wait a week for that. And um, we prayed in the the meantime, of course. And we expected when we got there that there would be no mass on the ultrasound. But when we got there, we saw, um, you know, his little belly was there. You could see his stomach was probably, like anything on the sonogram that shows up as a black spot is fluid so the stomach is fluid you know and um, it looked like a dime maybe and this mass the cyst was the size of a nickel or a quarter so it's considerably larger than a stomach and we're like all right lord and they look and look and they can't tell what it's attached to what it's doing it's just kind of there and the doctor was like we really don't know it might be extra bowel tissue Um, best case scenario it just stays the same size um, once he's born, even if that's the case, we would still have to do uh, scans on him, possibly take it out, have surgery on a newborn. You know, that's not best case scenario in our minds, right? So uh, then we have three weeks to wait until the next scan to find out if it's shrunk, grown, stayed the same, going from there. And um, you want to say anything about in the meantime? Okay. <laughs> feel like I'm doing all the talking. So... <laughs> Yeah, in the meantime, um, we obviously prayed a lot. Um, Matthew went on a fast for five days and, you know, just really felt called to do that. And then on Easter, Pastor Chad prayed and, like, I felt a change at that point. And then, Kim, what did I feel? Then I don't think I felt anything, um, like, while you were praying, you know, physically. But from then on, it was like our faith was just increased and it was a knowing, like a deep knowing, you know, in here that the Lord was doing something and that the next scan was going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, like it really built our faith. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was two weeks after that, uh, Kimmy downstairs prayed. And that time when she prayed, I did feel fire in my belly. So I'm like, all right, Lord, we definitely know you're up to something. This is really cool. Feel Holy Spirit moving in there. And, um, it was really powerful. So she prayed that Sunday and the next Thursday, we went for the three week after ultrasound. And this time we had the, um, the like lead technician and she is very experienced, has been doing it a long time. She knows what she's doing and great lady to talk to. Anyway, she uh, said, I have a great view of the abdomen. So we're gonna be able to see this thing really well. He's laying in the perfect spot. She starts looking, we're looking, you know, last time we could see it because it's bigger than his stomach. And um, she's like, where did you say it was? Here's his stomach. 
here's his bladder. There's the gallbladder. After like 30 minutes, she says, it is gone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's amazing. We were, I was like crying, laughing, like... You know, the whole time we're looking, we're like, has she just not got to the part where she can see it yet? No, no, it's gone. And I mean, it's awesome. And even better that they said, usually if they burst, which isn't really normal, if they burst, there's, you know, you'll see where the like little sack was and where there was fluid, nothing, no trace. <laughs> yeah. Thank y'all. The point in, in celebrating that is obviously to celebrate the Holtz breakthrough. But in the old days, even in the charismatic stream, you would come to a place where someone walks in a gift that can help you. That's not what Jess taught. Bridgeway is a place where we get trained up that all of us get to do what me and Kimmy did. This is either true or it's not. The Holy Spirit loves vacation Bible schools and good teaching. He also loves raising the dead. Hey, how was your time at church? It was great. All the notes were hit, and the bulletin was printed out perfectly. If Jesus, if Jesus pastored this church, it would be like, how was church? It is amazing. The deaf can hear, and the blind can see, and the dead are raised. Serious. It has nothing to do with personality. Oh, that person's extroverted, and that's why. No. Kimmy Bates, who prayed over Bethany three years ago in Haiti, was too scared to pray over our meal. If you think I'm exaggerating, go ask her. And now she's praying and you felt fire in your belly. I would say Kimmy Bates found this illustration to be true in her life. I, I, um, I get so bored with historical Christianity. I, there, there's, we have an opportunity to see story upon story upon story of breakthrough, and some breakthroughs are not life-changing, dramatic. I want to tell you one right now. Where Where is Nick Allen? I don't know where Nick's sitting. Nick, will you stand up back there? Everyone, look at Nick. He's right back here. Let's give him a hand this morning. Thank you. Nick pastors a church with his wife Marjorie in downtown Sheffield, England, called the Well. It's a thriving church in Sheffield. Long story short, I told a story about Nick when I was here on stage a year ago. My wife and I went to England to minister last year. We did not go to his church to minister, but I got some words of knowledge over him and Marjorie. Long story short, without even knowing him, God's already connecting the dots. And so he came to visit, and he's been here for a few days, staying with David and Susan Sisson. And I want to tell you what it looks like practically to walk with a person in the Holy Spirit that's not life-changing, but it's still dramatic. What was the Lord's first miracle, and by the way, in John? He didn't save anyone's life. He turned water into wine. He saved a marriage celebration, but he didn't save anyone's life. What does that tell you about his character? That he, he's just an abundant, joyful God. Like his first miracle is not raising the dead. His first miracle was wine. Well, this, this happened yesterday. Uh, my, my wife is, if you've ever taken the Myers-Briggs test, she's a sensor. And if you're a sensor, you notice everything around you. I'm an intuitive uh, I don't notice hardly anything around me. In, intuitives are typically very prophetic. 
It's easier for an intuitive to talk about your grandmother's social security number, what's going to happen in three days. And a sensor knows just a lot, notice details. If you're a sensor, a details person, raise your hand. Oh, wow. You're kidding me. If you're an intuitive, raise your hand. Interesting. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, raise your hand. <laughs> that whole stat about 70% of the world's a sensor. Not at Bridgeway, they're not. 11 people are like, yep, that's me. My wife notices everything around her, she, and, and I just don't. But yesterday, when Nick was sitting in my backyard, I could not stop staring at his watch. That is very uncommon for me. I'm not that guy. I don't want his watch, and I don't know why I'm looking at it. And the Holy Spirit says, give him the money for the watch. And I was battling back and forth with the Holy Spirit because I thought, no offense, nice watch. I don't want his watch. If you want me to pay for the watch, that's fine. I don't want it. I, got, I bought one watch in my life. I like it. By the way, the watch is from England. That's a whole other story. And the Holy Spirit says, find the watch. So Nick bought a watch yesterday and he made a, in, in one of our outlet malls, or a couple of days ago, and he made a funny comment. He said, Marjorie's going to kill me, something like that. And I was like, oh, I know that world. We'll be very close, me and you. <laughs> and I said, well, good news for you is the Holy Spirit wants me to pay for your watch. It's not tons of money. It's not like, I'm not, this story's not about me. I want to show you what the Holy Spirit did. So he goes, there's a saying in England, apparently, you save my bacon. I said, over here, I say, I eat the bacon over there. I save the bacon. <laughs> and... And he gets excited, and then I walk inside, and the Holy Spirit said, give him the sunglasses on your face. <laughs> you ever been in conflict with the Holy Spirit? I told the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to confirm this through some global prophet calling me in the next five minutes. I had a pair of Maui Jim sunglasses on my face. These things are expensive. So I did what any good child of God does. I'm looking for a fleece. I'm talking to the Holy Spirit in my mind. In my mind. I said, okay. Now, to some of you, it's like, well, just give them the glasses. What's the big deal? I don't love sunglasses. I worship them, all right? <laughs> I have not told anyone because no one really cares. But for the past few weeks, I have been Googling. There's a certain pair of sunglasses I want. I love sunglasses. There's a certain pair I want, and I have been looking at them. I went to two places yesterday. There's a certain lens I want. And I made a comment to, to Nick yesterday. I said, I know how the father is. He will, he will probably bless me today, which was yesterday. I said, there's no telling what he's going to do uh, with me. I said, because he can't help himself. Because, by the way, when you're spirit-led, by the way, that's not being led on the decision you made for Jesus Christ 36 years ago. Being spirit-led is every second, every day, every minute. Nothing you own is yours. It, your life's not yours. And I, I gave it, and I, I said, listen, be blessed. And I prophesied over Nick and, and the well and Marjorie. I come to church this morning. The Father's amazing. I like, I like life better just abiding in him. I, I come to work this morning, to work, to church this morning. 
and someone walks up to me. Now, this, this may not be a big deal to you, but these are Wiley X's. These, these are military combat-ready sunglasses. So if y'all want to fight me, come at me. Come on. And this is just between me and the Father. But th- this is what I have wanted for the last month with the Father. I, I, and here's the wild thing. I, I, the Father just saw me researching this. I had not, I don't really ask the Father for much. I didn't say, hey, I want a pair of blue sunglasses that makes other men jealous when they look into my eyes. <laughs> the whole point of the story is this. Do what he says, when he says, and how he says it. And you got to step out there when he shows you your Bethany. I want to close with this. When I went and talked to Bethany... Bethany didn't hear what I prayed because it was so loud with the worship music. And we won't say the name of your son, but I asked uh, Bethany, I said, what's the name of your baby? She told me. And I got down on my knees. This is what the father showed me. He showed me there was a wicked spirit attached to, to the little boy. And there was an assignment to cause him a lot of problems. I did not yell, jump, or scream. When you know who you are, you act like it. You don't carry some weak Holy Spirit that's feeble and just tells stories about what he did thousands of years ago. You carry a terrifying presence in you. Quit getting hung up on whether or not you have the gift of healing. Stop that nonsense. You have the gift of Jesus inside of you. I talked to a little boy very quietly and I said, listen to me. I want you to listen to me. There's some problems being caused to you right now by someone and I'm about to take care of that. I bless a little boy, and then I turned to what the Father showed me. And I said, you're going to let go of him right now, and you're going to leave him, and you're never going to come back and bother him. I did not scream, shake, yell. I didn't grab Bethany and throw her across the PVC pipe. (laughs) I talked to the wicked spirit, and I said, you're going to have major problems if you don't obey what I'm saying right now. This is called normal Christianity, and it's available to you. I don't want Bridgeway to be a place where you come receive from the great woman of God or man of God. I want Bridgeway to be a place that equips and trains saints in how to walk in normal Christianity. I don't release to go get kids because they're not downstairs, right? We're going into ministry. Good. Okay. I was about to release y'all and there ain't nobody to go get. All right. I want all the children to come up front and I'm going to pray fire over all of you. I want all the children to come up here. Here is the prayer that I'm going to pray. That for this generation of children, they would grow up with tumors and masses disappearing as they're normal. Don't underestimate what God is doing. When City Church merged with Mount Zion, there were zero children in the children's ministry at Mount Zion. Is that, that's a, that's a fact, correct? Zero, is that right? I want you to look at what God, we're not even four years old, guys. We're not even four years old. Imagine growing up in a culture where the idea of raising someone from the dead is not foreign. I don't want to be successful in the world's eyes at Bridgeway. I want to be biblical in heaven's eyes. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless this church with dead raising power and belief. 
You already have the power. Just belief. Father, I ask that you eradicate all unbelief in this church. May we operate as though you were here with us in, in the flesh, Jesus. May your normal become our normal. Okay, kids, we're going to have some fun. I want you to open up your hands like just, I about said like a kid. You are a kid. Open up your hands. You ready? Some of you are going to feel like a little light breeze. Isaac, come here. Stand beside me on the stage. Some of you are going to feel like a warmth on your stomach. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you with such intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit that people in your schools would know something's different about you. May the winds blow when you walk into a room. May the angelic be attracted to you. May you walk in signs, wonders, healings, miracles with effortless ease. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. 